This episode is brought to you by our newly established Patreon. Look, if this podcast has been beneficial to you or someone you know at any point, or you simply just have a few extra dollars that you don't know what to do with, we invite you in to join our Patreon for as low as $1 a month. Look, every single dollar right now is literally going towards an amazing cause. That is not code for give us some money so that we can put it into our pockets and figure out what to do with it later. No, seriously, assuming that all of our equipment is not going to just break overnight, literally all of the money right now is going towards helping us give money to first-generation BIPOC college students to help purchase their textbooks each semester. As both of us hold, as both John Mark and I hold several jobs in the college space and university settings, um, this cause is just really, really very aligned with our heart for the podcast. Um, although we are starting small, we really believe that the importance of generational change and education is a perfect way to launch this Patreon and this endeavor. So, look, if this is something you are down with, please go over to patreon.com slash racially speaking right now to join that community. Life in three dimensions got me bent and got me twisting. I don't want to set a lot, but I should probably stop pretending. I don't really hold the key and I can't really push a button. I just step up to the mic and try my very best to bust it, but I ran out of breath. It's tight in my chest. My feet just might fail. I can't stand up. All right, you guys, this next part, um, let's talk about one of our favorite artists um, in the music scene, Mr. Lecrae. We've talked about him um, off and on, I think, since since we've been doing this podcast. Uh, John Mark, I think maybe even a little bit in the past, Leith, um, he just put out his, I don't know what number album this is for him, but fourth in this series, fourth and final, Church Closed 4. Um, so we wanted to talk about that a little bit, so... To set us up a little bit, I think talking about A. Lecrae and specifically him, because I think he's kind of just the face of whatever he's the face of. Christian hip hop. I know he probably wouldn't even yeah. like that title, but yeah, hip hop. Christian hip hop rapper. Yeah. yeah. You can't, I, mean, I feel like you can't even like, you can't shed that because you don't give it to yourself, but yeah. you right. know, he's, he's the number one. He's he would not identify Christian. himself as that. Exactly. No, he wouldn't. He wants to yeah. shed that label, but yeah. it's for really the, hard. For the purposes yeah. of this conversation, I'll label him as that for a second, <laughs> and then we'll dive in, and you'll see why yeah. um, we don't personally view him as that. But um, yeah. the, just the nature of this podcast, how it intersects faith, family, vocation, and everything in between, um, I think he's an important person, one of the most important people to be faithful to discuss on here. I think perception mm-hmm. of his music, of him as a person, of what he discusses, um, even not in his music, is really important and says a lot about um, where we're at collectively as Christians and then as people. And there's just, there's so much. Um, anyway, he just put this album out last week, I believe, right around the same time. It's Black Panther. I don't even think it's been two weeks. Um, I've yeah. listened to it several times. I'm always a big Lecrae fan. Um, he's is he down in Atlanta? Anyway, Lee. Yeah, I, he's, in a, he's here I'm, in Atlanta. I'm just going to go out on a limb. You had to have met him. I feel like you 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 know <laughs> a lot of people. Have you met him before? 
I I do know some people and you know it's funny who you could also run into here in Atlanta. Um I've seen Andy Minio a couple of times. Okay. Uh, just Ooh. at like coffee shops, but I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna be that weird fan that interrupts him, so I'm just not gonna say anything. <laughs> but um but yeah, so I we have some mutual friends and I was at my friend's house and we were just chilling and this Tesla pulls up and I was like, Oh, who else mm. was coming over? I I didn't know. And here comes Lecrae and his wife just walking down the driveway. And I was like, oh, my gosh, don't be weird. Don't Don't be be weird. weird." Because I've been rocking with (laughs) Cray since 09 when I heard The King, right? That was Mm. the single that dropped that people were like, what is Christian rap? What is this? Like, Mm -hmm. Granted, there were people that came before Lecrae, but he was the one that kind of broke through. And the the conversation really kind of went outside some of the the Christian, quote, Christian rap bubbles. And yeah. And so for me, yeah, I was like, don't be weird because I've been a fan for like, you know, 13, 13 years now. Yeah. And so, and he's, he's so, so easy to talk to, super chill, down to earth, kind. So it was, awesome. I got through my, like, I fangirled internally, but I was like, hey, look, I'm Alethea, nice to meet you. Nice. <laughs> so cool. So Good you did you. it. The music's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. You accomplished, don't be weird. I did. Yeah. I was really proud of myself. Yeah. I was. I it's, I have friends that are in the spotlight, and so I see what happens to them. And so I don't want to be like that person, you know. Mm-hmm. So I have okay. to. I've had a few moments where I'm like, okay, just don't be weird. Don't be weird. Don't be that person. So that's awesome. <laughs> I know for a fact I couldn't have done that. Um, <laughs> not that I got as much notice as you got with seeing him pull up in his car. But quick story, side tangent. Um, I was in uh, at the Four Seasons Hotel shooting a wedding. Um, me and Kate went photograph weddings, and I was standing in the hallway waiting to get in um, the room where the bride was. And I was kind of leaning up against a uh, hotel door, normal-looking hotel hallway. And the door opens. I see her voice say, oh, oh, excuse me. I was like, oh, okay. And I like am turning around. No one can see me. Um, but no one can see me on this recording right now. But I'm turning around, and... I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry. And I start to look up. You know, I'm 5'8", and I look up, up, up. And it's uh, Victor Oladipo, hmm. NBA. You know, at that point, he yep. was an all-star. And yeah. it was just, it was so, I was like, where <laughs> am I? And That's he clearly awesome. didn't want to be noticed. He had sunglasses on and, you know, mm. everything. Yeah, yeah. And I probably sounded like a 10-year-old. I was like, oh, my God, you're Victor Oladipo. <laughs> and, like, was just like deer in the headlights. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> No, awesome. no, be cool That's with me awesome. at all. I was like, oh, oh, oh my god! And oh, let me be it. clear. Let me be clear. <clears throat> I have, I have definitely been that person. Mm-hmm. Just really quick, we're in these side tangents. Yeah. When I met uh, Truth Table, Akimini, and oh, Dr. Go. Christina, yeah. I fangirled. Okay. Oh, oh, I was man. so weird. I was Amazing. so. I saw there was yeah. a. They were speaking at a <laughs> conference here in Atlanta, and I was so excited. Like I wanted yeah. to meet them. I, you know, I posted about them on Instagram and Twitter yeah. at the time when I had Twitter. And well, who someone I was with, <laughs> one of my mentors, he's like, oh, I'm going to go introduce myself. So I'm standing there like, I'm telling myself, don't be weird, don't be weird, don't be weird. And then Dr. Edmondson comes over and I'm like, you're just so amazing. I am so honored to meet you. And she's like, so <laughs> kind. She's like, what's your name? And I was like, oh my gosh. I didn't even tell her. I forget my, I forget my name. Myself. I just uh, blanked. You can like, name me. You, you pick, yeah. a, pick a name. Yeah. Paul, yeah. So <laughs> just to say, I want to be clear. I, awesome. I, 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 I succeeded awesome. with Lecrae. I did not. Yeah. I did okay. not with the Kimmy and Dr. Christina Edmondson. Just want to put that yeah. out there. I, I got it. to meet Jamar Tisby last year. And uh, that's right. That's right. I, I had a hard time keeping my cool. <laughs> I was just glad that it was really brief. He had to run to the airport. Um, but he looked at my name tag and it was at this thing where like, 
you had your name and then what what group you worked with or what church you mm-hmm. worked with. He looked at my name tag, he read it, and he was like, oh, you're with... And then I was like, yep, I'm with them. And we just shared this moment of understanding. <laughs> oh, that's I'm good. Like, who the group? Because yeah. he's experienced. Yep. Yep. You know, what, what, what I'm going through. So that's oh, hilarious. man. I was like, hey, well, at least he understood where I'm coming yep. from. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I brought yeah. my books and everything to get signed. Like, I was ready. I was ready for it. So. <laughs> yeah. Amazing, yeah. Amazing. Gosh, that was a good side tangent. <laughs> it was, yeah. So running into celebrities. But yeah. back to Lecrae. Back to Lecrae. We're shooting a uh, level uh, of below average but not not too bad we alethea played a cool yeah, one yeah. time for us yeah, yeah. oh john mark you did you did too you did too john mark. Uh, no, only because he had to run i don't yep, know yeah cool. there's more time the next sentence out of my mouth would have been weird i yeah, yeah. guarantee you <laughs> <laughs> some of my books uh, <laughs> weird so weird yeah is that how you sound when you're nervous never mind never mind <laughs> That's exactly that's exactly right. Yeah, my voice goes high. Yeah. <laughs> all right, church goes forward. John Mark, you did a great job putting down a summary of of this album. So, all right, um, let's see. This is about oh, this is just about one of the songs. But his song "Journey" tells his story of being a celebrity in evangelical circles and falling from grace in their eyes to become an undesirable. So, I, I think that's a lot of that's kind of a good summary of the whole album. Yeah. Mostly, but yeah, the song "Journey" yeah. specifically does do that. Um, and then his song. Deconstruction, which is the last song on the album, I think there's 13, um, mm-hmm. describes mm-hmm. all that as well. Um, his journey of faith and struggles to believe after his foundation was rocked because of the opposition and apathy towards racial justice um, that his Christian mentors demonstrated. Um, we'll pa- well, yeah, I mean, we'll pause there. So that's in a nutshell what many of the songs are about, what the album's kind of about as a whole, what a lot of his recent music has been about. So, mm-hmm. you know, when, when we set this up, Lecrae is kind of the face of quote unquote air quotes, um, Christian rap, Christian hip hop. And now isn't, isn't not that at all, but things have for sure changed as he sings about. So I don't know, initial thoughts, Leith, since you're a close personal friend of Lecrae, what are your thoughts oh. on what we just said? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a John Mark, that's a good summary of Church Close Four. Um, it's for me to see the evolution of Lecrae, uh, obviously as a person, which influences his music. And um, if we're gonna stick just to the church close catalog, um, you know, he dropped the first one, my gosh, it was probably back in 2014 or something like that. And so it's been several years um, of church clothes and, you know, he, he drug us along for far too long to give us the fourth one. But I think even the evolution of just the, the, that catalog, the church clothes series um, is I think a really incredible display of this merging of faith and hip hop. And a number of people have talked about that. I appreciate what Reach Records did in the lead up. The promo to the album was they had different people listen to different tracks and, the, you know, silently yeah. we couldn't hear it. And so they got headphones on and then they said, you know, what'd you think about it? And then what have you thought about the church clothes series? And the same kind of theme was the way that Lecrae has merged um, faith and hip hop and the way that he has done it in a very unique way, which has opened the door for so many other rappers to yeah. do where they're like, man, Lecrae's done it. He's paving the way I can do this. Cause I felt this and, and it maybe wasn't acceptable. One of the, one of the guys that listened to one of the tracks, he said, um, yeah, well, my, my grandma listened to, uh, I forget what song it was like a few years back. She was like, 
I can't believe you're listening to this trash music. Mm. And it was Lecrae or somebody, you know, and he mm. was like, all right. And he, he, you know, he wants to be, a, he was wanting to be a rapper and he's like, now I'm rapping and she's like all about it, you know? And so mm. even wow. that, and so I just think it's really cool to see what Lecrae has done, but yeah, the album is fire. Like <coughs> it's been, it's cool to think about the first church clothes and then to look at the fourth one um and there's good in all of them but man this culmination i think of his journey over the last several years you know he he refers back in deconstruction to 2014 um right. 2014 2015 so the last you know seven to eight years you you're seeing this evolution and this um lecrae trying to find himself and where does he fit with this how he was raised on hip-hop growing up in houston texas moving to atlanta living yeah. out his faith in these evangelical contexts, white evangelical in particular, yeah. and then really having this wrestling of like, wait a second, I don't understand why y'all got a beef with, with this. This is a problem. Like we, shouldn't we be talking about this? And yeah. so um, it's a very authentic, it's very real. Um, and he's so gifted too. Right. So it's all yes. of that packaged yeah. together um, on display in this album. And so I was already new is dropping at midnight. I'm finna be up late because I'm I'm playing this thing from start to finish, and the song gonna help me go to sleep, you know, because it's a it's hip hop, it's rap, but I'm gonna listen yeah. to it right yeah. and listen to it the next morning. So I've listened it, when I get in the car. I'm like CC four. There we go. Um, nice. And I man, there's so much love about. It. So sorry, you said initial thoughts. Those are my initial thoughts. That's no, great. It's great. <laughs> John Mark, yeah. got anything to add right there? Uh, not much. I mean, yeah, I think what you said is good. I, the last two songs just really his journey and de mm. the journey and deconstruction. Those two songs really struck a chord with me. Um, but I think the album is good. He's talented. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a good artist. Uh, I think I followed him. The album with the song facts, that one really, really hit me. I really liked that one. So yeah. I think this, I don't, I don't know if that was one of his church clothes albums. I can't remember. No, that was on uh, all things work together. Yeah. With, yeah. Was yeah, it, yeah. So that album. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a good album, but yeah, this one's too. I think, I think he's doing a good job. He certainly uh, has been at the top of his game and I think he continues to be there. Mm -hmm. So um, it's good to hear. Yeah. What did you think, David? Yeah, the same. So I wanted to even dive a little bit deeper. So, I think what he is singing about, so I'm trying to look at what we, what he, you had even written out for us, John Mark. So um, his song Ge Deconstruction describes, um, so a lot of the albums, especially Deconstruction, kind of chronicles um, his experience in navigating white evangelical circles. So um, specifically, he yeah. presses into the opposition and apathy towards racial justice. Um, yeah which is something we should probably talk about on here. So um, yeah. specifically <laughs> yeah, towards racial justice that his Christian Let's mentors, that his, yeah, his Christian mentors demonstrated. And so I'll just say this, and you guys know this, like he's, this is his story, but he's writing this for us as well. Right. Like we, right. I know, we know we resonate with so much of what he's talking about. Um, the people he even, he even names, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, Gonna encourage us to sit here and throw shade at a bunch of people, but he names people specifically, and he, I think and that he matters. Some folks, yeah, yeah, I think he that's, said Vadi. He said Vadi Bakum. Yeah, I want to get to that. Really resonated with me. Yeah, yeah. you need to get to that in a second. Yeah. But Go he, ahead. he, I think there's purpose. It's not. I, I think mm -hmm. it can be tempting for people who want to push back, which we'll get to that also. But of just looking at it as oh, he's being divisive and it's mm -hmm. messed up that he's putting names in there. But 
if, if you're listening and that's your go-to reaction, I just encourage you to think bigger picture because I'll just be honest, if that's your reaction, case in point for Lecrae because mm-hmm. he's putting that out there because of pain he's gone through that is unaddressed and un, undealt with, not on his terms, but because he hasn't had um, the luxury or power position to be able to do that. He's had to distance himself and endure a lot, which is what mm-hmm. he is exactly what he's singing about. So I, I'm just going to say he's, I'm positive he's not putting those names in there lightly. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is also, you know, I know he's big, big deal driving around in a Tesla, as Leaf said. <laughs> you know, it's easy to look at him as a big celebrity, which he is. But that doesn't mean that doing something like this isn't him taking a hit and knowing that. Um, And I I respect him so much because I truly feel and can tell that he's doing this for people like us going through the exact same things. Um, And when he's putting people, people's names out there like that, he put John Piper out there, um, put, um, yeah, I mean, Body Bachman, trying to look at the, I had it pulled up. Judah Smith. I've lost to Judah Smith. Tim Keller. Yeah. Um, What did he say about Keller? I, I, he, yeah. just, he lists them. He so just, he said, "He lists them." I would speak at churches. Yeah, yeah. I would speak at churches, hang with leaders and such. You know, Judah Piper and Keller, Tony Evans was clutch. So I guess he's giving yeah, a nod to Tony Evans. So, so he was, yeah, no yeah. shade to him, but um, yeah, no shade to Tony Evans. Yeah, those are big deals, and he didn't expand a ton until he got to you know Body Bachman. But um, it's a big deal. It's not fun to speak about your Christian mentors who have mentored mm-hmm. you and, and mean so much to yeah. you and then other people collectively. I, I'm, I know you guys identify, I'm speaking from experience. It's not fun to have to be open about that to tell your story, but I commend him for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to shed light a little bit on that. But yeah, he um, gets a little more specific. Fadi Bachman was a hero of mine. Um, met with him plenty of times this time. When he spoke, he cut me deep, deeper than I realized, doubled down, spoke about my pain. I was met with blame, quote, shame on you, Cray, stop crying, get back to Jesus' name. Did he say that? Is that a quote that's from a, Body Bachman? So that, it's in quotes. Yeah. That's what, yeah. So, that, and yeah. that's a nod towards Body Bachman erring on the side of, um, you know, stop talking about racial justice Race. and pain, yeah. CRT, um, yeah. things like that. Stick to and the gospel. So, stick to the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Stop being, you know, divisive, and right. him being open about how painful that is mm-hmm. to people of color trying to speak up about our stories and right. injustice. Um, so I, I think those are really important things to to pick up on um, when you're reading those. But John Mark, did you want to elaborate at all? Because I know you you did bring that up. You said you identified personally yeah. with that part. So it was like he was reading my story to me. Like Mm -hmm. when I started uh, really pursuing uh, faith on my own, instead of just as a thing that my family did, I started listening to those guys like Piper, uh, Keller, uh, Bauckham. And when I, uh, when I like, when I heard of him, like Vadi Bauckham is a black man in those circles. So I was encouraged to see somebody um, from even from his background, he grew up in the city, I think on the East coast, one of the cities up here. Yeah. And, um, and I, so I was just encouraged to, uh, 
to hear him say that. Actually, I might be wrong on where he grew up, but he grew up in a city in America, right? So he's <laughs> he's black American. He's not yeah. he's not you know black from another country, another setting. But um, the way that like when I heard him speak and unpack the Bible and Scripture for the first time, I was like, wow, he's got a gift. I want to keep listening to him. But then it, it took a turn sometime in the past decade, and he is used as uh, a black face to mm-hmm. communicate. Uh, white opposition to uh, racial justice from a Christian perspective. Yeah, um, He's become their boy that they pull out to put other black people in line. And mm-hmm. it broke my heart. It's heartbreaking mm-hmm. to see him use that way. I'm like, mm-hmm. like, stop talking about it. Not, I wish you would stop talking about it. Not because I disagree with him. Like, that's one thing. There's lots of people I disagree with, but because he's not doing what he used to do. He's, I feel like he's focusing on this and and hurting people as a result. So um, I feel like he's being used. So yeah, it, it broke my heart too when I heard him start start saying the stuff he's saying. Um, so I really resonated with that. And then on the other side where he felt like the community that helped him grow in faith mm-hmm. turned on him when he applied his faith, how Christ yeah. has taught us to love and care for others. When he applied that to... Um, uh, racial justice, uh, he felt like they turned on him. Like, I haven't really experienced that personally, but I, I've seen it, right? I've seen how black and brown people are treated when they start to really speak out about this. I've seen um, them deplatformed, silenced, uh, put aside, labeled as um, non-Christians or um, social justice warriors or um critical race theorist. Right. Uh, and I'm just like, I don't want any part of it. Like it's currently right now, it's my job to speak about racial justice. Um, it's my job to speak about crossing cultures. Uh, so I have the crosshairs on me from Christians who I'm supposed to be talking to. Right. Mm-hmm. I haven't experienced a lot of personal pushback, but it doesn't make me want to keep living this job out, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that other people have been put on the, on the front lines of this and been shot down, you know, and, and have been, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but it's good to hear Lecrae's story. Like, I'm so glad he put it out there because now I have something that I can, I can just click play on and be like, this is why, you know, all these people are like the the black, black exodus of evangelical spaces, black exodus, you know, of white Mm -hmm. churches. Like Mm -hmm. this is why um, people are leaving. This is why uh, our numbers of, of people of color, in Christian spaces and organizations are dwindling. Um, listen to this song and you'll know why. So mm. yeah, yeah, I appreciate Lecrae for that. Yeah. You touched on so much. I think even bringing it back to what we just discussed so much um, extensively with Black Panther, I'll be honest with y'all. I think currently when I think of grief at a personal level, yes, I think about the things, you know, actual death and things and people we've lost experiences, but um, it's interconnected, and I think so much of my recent life, I think about this very thing he's singing mm-hmm. about. It's jarring, and it's yeah. disorienting, and it's grievous to go through something like we've all been going through, whether it's, you know, he goes into this, but it's different things for different um, people, but the racial kind of reckoning we've been navigating that alone is jarring, absolutely, but it's a whole nother level when it's um, when you're met with what he's talking about, mm-hmm. with apathy and pushback from people that not just disagree with you. I, I 
I can't stand when people just attribute it to a little yep. disagreement. It's like, no, no, no. Like you are the people who more than anybody should be in this innately with me. What's mm-hmm. going on? Why am I the one that feels crazy mm-hmm. for expecting that? Why am I the one that feels, whether it's explicit or not, why am I, why are all eyes on me mm-hmm. with being the divisive one or countercultural one or social justice one, left-leaning one, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Um, that's been, you know, I've shed more tears over that dynamic and grieving that part of my life um, more than anything these last few years and spent a lot of time grieving a certain community, even when, you know, people want to label it something else as if I'm getting away from Jesus or my faith or gospel. It's, it's very much the opposite. Sure, me and the Lord have had some talks, but it's leaning into him more because seeing, yeah. you know, the that people aren't aren't God. Um, so I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent, but that's that's I think he's talking about grief a lot in this um mm-hmm. album and I appreciate that vulnerableness so much of not just his story, but he's he's telling the story of so many other people. Um and yep. he's doing yeah. it. Yes, it's his job. He's a big celebrity making money, making good music, but he doesn't have to do that. And um he's he's choosing to be to be real. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. he, he really, you know, also I think a lot of people listening might not realize, you know, the, I think uh, the statistically, correct me if I'm wrong, um, Leith, you might know a little bit more, but statistically it's, is it not young, young white people that listen to the most hip hop, spe- obviously a specifically Christian mm. hip hop. So yeah. he, he, he's doing this and putting this out knowing his fan base. So he's, yep. yeah. he's, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, and once at some point, white suburban males, <laughs> right? So, I, I, um, that intersection, I hit two of those. The just not the <laughs> white part, suburban male. That was me, though. What'd you say last last episode? Uh, suburban black. I'm, I'm from the suburbs. Yeah, suburban black. <laughs> so in, instead of Lecrae, I've been playing um, uh, Taylor Swift's new album. Honor of Victory. Don't tell anyone. I don't want this. Yeah, you need to edit that part out. Yeah, no one's gonna find out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm proud. I'm a, I'm a Swifty and I'm proud. Oh, I want that to stay in this the, episode. The safe space, but ooh, well, I, saw, I saw your boy. Uh, I think Jamar Tisby is a, a Swifty as well. He is. He is. He is. He is. When he said that, when he, it was like an, an artifacts, a, a cultural artifacts episode. Yeah. He he's said that. And Tyler telling... Burns gave him a lot of grief, and I was like, "Okay, but hold on, Folklore is a great <laughs> album." Is it, is, I was like, "Hear him out, Tyler. Hear him out. Folklore no. is a great album." So yeah, all her music <laughs> sounds the same to me. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this isn't about Taylor Swift. But yeah, suburban males typically have been supporting yeah. sporting hip hop and rap. But I, I wonder if that's still true today. I'm curious because like there's a lot of conscious rappers out there. And yeah, I don't know if if uh, like it makes sense want to hear conscious when I say it out loud, it makes sense on one side. But then the other side, I'm like, there's no way that can be true. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Either. I definitely think it's true in the Christian circles. Um, but yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah. that makes me curious who is who's fan base is. Um, right. On one hand, I felt like the album was still talking to um, white evangelicals, but I also feel like it's still leaning away from and leaving white evangelical spaces. So I'm really curious 
who Lecrae would say his album is written for, um, like who like who he has in mind when he's writing the album. That's a great question. Yeah, yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, I think it's mm, that's 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 a good. That's a good, uh, I definitely think there, there's definitely elements of that, not just in deconstruction, right? Where he's, um, I think specifically centering white evangelicalism, but I also think how he starts off the album of, you know, he says, uh, RIP Brown and Taylor, RIP to George Floyd. Um, and then he says, um, like some about Walker's not his only, or Warnock's not his only choice, neither is Walker. Right. And and that there, that there is not, that's him taking a moment to say, I'm not going to let you pigeonhole me, even not just white folks, black folks, other POC to be like, oh, let's look at what's happening presently and say, hey, well, you're black. So you got to be either this or that. And he's going to say, I'm going to name some things. That's one of the things I appreciate in the album is Glacray. And he hasn't been, he doesn't, he continues to not shy away from, from, bringing up things that are very controversial that he knows he will take heat for. And yet he said, but I'm willing to lean into that to say, as a black man living in Georgia, I'm not going to let you pigeonhole me. And I'm going to say, okay, yeah, Raphael Warnock, he's been a pastor. He's not my only choice. Neither is this here. And so he starts off the album with that. And so that's where I think we see that even still in America, (laughs) he's, he's taking it, not just his, the white evangelical context he had been in. Um, but he's taking it much broader than that because he names in, in still in America, he references, uh, black lives matter, you know, at one point and later in the song, um, and the stuff that they've been, you know, taking some heat for yeah. recently. Yeah. So again, I think what he's doing is saying like, I've never fit in your box. And yes, there is some things that I'm coming out of like, deconstruction here's where i was seven eight years ago here's what i'm coming out of but throughout the album it's still this um i'm not gonna let you put me in the box that you think that i should be in because i've been formed in this reformed space because in misconceptions four he talks about reformate the reformation he talks about you know his mom not being able to be a baptist so like you see this like throughout the album like he is um there's more that he's wanting to highlight and Again, I think it's very one of the challenging things about the album because I told people when I've said, Hey, have you listened to Church Close Four? And I'm like, Oh man, not yet, or something, something. You know, I'm like, Man, Cray was coming for next. That's why I say one of the things mm-hmm. I say. It, it, he's not just coming for one particular group or faith perspective, or I mean, he's just, mm-hmm. um, he's naming things that I think need to be named that are very polarizing and divisive in our country, um, yet need to be talked about. And so, yeah to still weave in his faith throughout it too. So anyways, I, I appreciate that. Like, I think he has to name some of those things. He has to, he has to acknowledge like, here was my foundation for my faith and it started to fall apart. What happened when yeah. it started to fall apart? When he says yeah. the line in, um, in deconstruction, something to extent of, I let a, like a church hurt become a God wound, I think is how he phrases yeah. it. That's good. Yeah. It is. And I love, I love the acknowledgement of that, of, because I I resonate with that of <clears throat> there's things I've experienced and again being in a white evangelical context for my job but again and I have variations of my formation and a faith standpoint of uh, being around Black Baptist um, <clears throat> traditional ish in different spaces and then mm-hmm. being in a 
an organization that was predominantly white for 10 years and interacting with so many different people in the process of that. Right. So, but I, I can resonate with the, like, there's this church hurt, you know, we talk about big C church, right. God's people in all these different spaces. And then saying like, now I'm mad at God. And there is this, this challenge of, on a human level, to me, it makes sense and can make sense sometimes because like, well, God's allowing God, you know, with the, so I've heard in some black church spaces, like, you know, it it passes through God's hands first. Right. And, and so there's this element Mm. of like, God has allowed things, certain things to happen for things that feel very mysterious and uh, beyond what my human mind can even pretend to comprehend. But I, for me, let that turn into like, well, now God's the problem, not, the the people that are enacting acting a certain way, they actually really aren't representing mm-hmm. the scriptures and they're not, they're not representing yeah. um, what we saw Jesus model in the gospels. That is the problem. And again, there is a disorienting experience of like, well, God's allowing this to happen. They say they're Christians or professing Jesus. So like, it's all God's fault. And so I just appreciate the honesty with which Lecrae walks through that to say, I need to name where my formation fell apart and how yeah. painful that was and how he even says that one of the songs that forget which one it is now where he says that he's gotten over the white blessing thing like with uh with Louis passion Louis with Giglio. Uh, Louis. Louis Giglio. and but he says yeah, that was weird. he says that my was people weird. my people turned on me which again yeah. black folks came for his neck right, yeah, they right. Did. um they did. and so again he's able to say like man that was painful too but i've been able to move past that like i'm not going to yeah. hold on to something that happened two and a half years ago I mean, like I've, how do you I've, respond in that going back to that how do you respond in that moment you're on camera you're on a stage with like the chick-fil-a guy and, and that's like that's a whole separate episode his, because his mega pastor comes up so to messy. you and says, mm-hmm. "What did he say? I don't like white, to call privilege, it white privilege. I like to call uh, it white blessing." Yes. As if God is behind it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like I, I don't know how Lequay could respond. All I know is that um, who was it? It was um, Bernice King was supposed to be in his spot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, they were. She was supposed to be there with him. With them, yeah. They were oh, both supposed them? to be there. Well, yeah. Whatever God did to get her out of that situation, you know, <laughs> praise God for that. <laughs> well, I would have loved to, to see her on the spot right there, though. Yeah, he should have bounced too, though, when he knew Bernice wasn't he coming. But he again, we yeah. all make we all make choices. We got to go in Paris. We got to have. Yeah, we do. But we all make choices, and I think that's part of it. Was yeah, Lecrae should need to be. There's some accountability there because you did show up, right? But again, I think what we see played out in the album is for him to be able to say like. I'm not defined by that. Like it was a miss. I should have never gone. That's what he has said that I should have never gone, but I did go and I, I heard it, but I was so, he says, I was thinking about what I was going to say next. And so it had this moment of like, he said, you know, we have like the, they say, I think they just said, but like, I'm getting ready to say something else. So I don't, what's happening. And then it's just, it's happening. Right. So Mm -hmm. to be able to say like, I'm not going to let, I'm going to acknowledge that in the album. Right. But to say like people, my own people came for me talking about black folks. Right. In this sense, And so, again, I think there's an authenticity about Lecrae that I've always appreciated about him, um, which is why I've been a fan of him from, I think, from Jump uh, and seeing him evolve as an artist, as a person. But again, I think there's a, it's painful and it's hard that he's going to publicly acknowledge and people can be upset. Like, why would you name people? It's like, well, they were part of his formation. And I think in highlighting that, it also shows like there were gaps in their faith. There were gaps in their theological right. frameworks. There were gaps yeah. in saying, I'm bringing something very painful to you where an image bearer has been killed and you're going to tell me, I just need to keep talking about Jesus. Well, what Jesus are you talking about then? Mm, because yeah. right. 
the Jesus I'm reading about in the scriptures would, would, be, would care. And so, yeah. yeah. anyways, I, yeah, I, I says more about I people. He, yeah. Says more about people with that kind of pushback than it does about. Yes. It, it sure yes. does. Yeah. And to that point, like bringing up names, uh, it's okay. He's not saying like Vadi Bakum is the worst man who ever lived. He's Precisely. not slandering his name or bashing him. He's just saying he was a mentor of mine and then he hurt me. Right. So it's okay to bring up like when somebody did something, it's okay to talk about those things. It's, mm. it doesn't mean we're not slandering. It's not gossip. It's just stating facts. And mm-hmm. I appreciate that he was willing to go there, that he's willing mm-hmm. to bring it. I think so often and probably too often when there is some type of, racial hurt we protect the one who's hurt us and we don't bring it up but if there really is forgiveness and repentance and moving forward then you know like Zacchaeus was he was able to go back and say hey I took this money from you let me give it back to you Mm. you know four times whatever I I took from you right so he wasn't trying to hide his reputation it was like yeah we did this let's move on together and I think that's a beautiful picture if you know someone like Vadi Bakum was able to come along with the cray and say, Hey, I'm sorry I did this, you know? So mm-hmm. I feel like it is okay to uh, name names um, when you're just telling the truth. Yeah. yeah. And, Absolutely. and you're talking about someone like Lecrae who is in a very influential space. Right. So, and, and who is, he's not only being influenced and mentored by a Piper, a Keller, a Judah Smith, other people are thousands right. and thousands right. of people. So we're not right. talking right. about, right you're in a small town, you go to your local church and you got a pastor, right? Like, and you're just in your small community. Like we're talking on a very big stage where he's, he's, he's highlighting like there, there became a point where it was incomplete and I didn't know Mm -hmm. it was incomplete until this moment happened. And I was disoriented by it being incomplete because I didn't think it was. And now I don't know what to do. And now I'm being made the problem. So he's talking about deconstruction. I became, I was made the problem, not their incomplete theology, not their incomplete gospel because, because they've been put up on a pedestal, right? Because they're, they're these influential theologians who know everything because the Western world, the Western world has been the, the heartbeat of theology and the West knows everything. That's what we're talking about. And so you start saying, hey, like there's a gap here and people don't want to deal with their own stuff to say, don't tell me the person that I've been influenced by too has a gap. Isn't it's incomplete. Yeah. Don't yeah, do right. that. I'm going to make you the problem. And so right. again, there, I think it's important because of the space that Lecrae occupies, there is a stewardship and a responsibility that comes with that space to say, this is, this is what I navigated. Here's where it became um, troubling and hard and difficult. And I'm going to continue to evolve, which means I'm going to move away from that space. You guys might come with me, but I'm not, I'm going to expand my understanding of who God is and what it means for me to be a black man in America who loves Jesus, who wants to live out their faith in this really unique way. And that means I'm never going to fit into the box that you had me in that I didn't even know I was in, but you're telling me I'm supposed to be in. I'm not ever going to fit that. And so Again, it's not a bashing, it's a, there's an incompleteness and there are things that are problematic, even for some of them with their theology that they continue to teach about. I mean, Vody's written a book about Mm -hmm. things that are super problematic. (laughs) And so you're still influencing people. And so there is a need to say, you're, I'm not going to demonize you as a person. You're still made in the image of God. I completely disagree with you. And you have very problematic theology that harms a lot of people. And be willing, be willing to go there. Let's not be so fragile and... (laughs) offended of the notion that John Piper could have done something wrong. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like we're, we don't need to do yeah. nothing. That's not, I feel for the most part, not any of our goals or people like Lucrezia's goals. It's just the freedom. It says a lot, the freedom to be able to tell just their story. Mm-hmm. Our story offends so many people and yep. therein lies such a big problem. Um, yeah. Yes. Even tying it into scripture, I think one of my favorite verses or sections of scripture chapters has always been on John 9 with the blind man where he spits in the mud and rubs it on his eyes. Yeah. has him take that walk. I love that story. But the interactions that he has with people who keep asking him, well, what, what really happened? No, no, yeah. no, tell me, tell me again, like what really happened? <laughs> and then his sarcasm that he has is like, D- I, what do you want me to say? I already told you. How many times do you want me to tell you what has been happening to me mm. or what happened to me, what my story? Mm-hmm. Um, and just, yeah, that to me, that kind of resonates with me of just that. How many times do I have to, say what I've been experiencing or yeah. what, what happened. Um, there's a little bit differences of what kind of things he's experiencing versus <clears throat> being healed by Jesus. But <laughs> anyway, all right, real quick, let's move into this last topic. And Lecrae helps us segue perfectly into it. Um, I wanted to, I think that this is a, this is something I want to hit on, especially with you, Leith, um, as a resident, uh, Georgian, Atlanta, mm-hmm. Atlanta uh, resident. You don't like the George, yeah. the Georgia nod, but Atlanta. Yeah, I live in Atlanta. Yeah, okay. In Georgia. <laughs> the Atlanta bubble. Um, okay, yeah. as we talked about, um, the first song, first lyrics on this album by Lecrae, R.I.P. Breonna Taylor, R.I.P. George Floyd. I ain't trying to hate on my own kind, but Warnock, Raphael Warnock, ain't my only choice, my and Herschel choice. either. I love believers. I love believers. But some of these folks don't rep the kingdom. kingdom. I'm probably going to lose more shows than money. There we go. But I'm gonna mess up y'all whole agenda. All right, That's I, didn't, I didn't butcher literally it too much. how he opens the yes. album. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Crazy. So um, we want to go in here, go here a little bit. So mm-hmm. Warnock, Herschel, um, Reverend Doctor Raphael Warnock, and Herschel Walker are in a current runoff for that Senate seat in Georgia. Leaf shaking her head. Um, <laughs> neck and neck, obviously. Um, Raphael Warnock didn't get to that 50% that he needed to win. Um, okay, so I'm going to turn it over a little bit to, to Leith, but hmm. I'm bringing this up because I'll be honest, I, I started this podcast to as a space to be willing to have conversations like mm. this because I think it's important. Yep. This isn't a political podcast. I'm in no way, shape, or form a political expert anyway like I want to stress that I'm not just putting that out there I'm not and this is not ever going to turn into purely political thing but I'll quote Eugene Cho and say I think politics matter because policies affect people yes and this is very much under that umbrella and it very much touches on the main pillars of this podcast um how race intersects with and how it affects people Mm -hmm. faith um, and faith is incredibly involved um, with s- some of the things that both of these people have said, especially um, Herschel Walker and how he brings his Christian beliefs, Christian faith, Christian stances into his platform. Um, it says a lot about us of what we think is going on here. So I, th- I think it's important to dissect a little bit um, with this going on mm-hmm. and also, as, as I've done even more research and listening, it, I'd encourage people who maybe are checking out of, well, it's Georgia. Um, many, many listeners are from Virginia and other states, not Georgia. Um, this, this does affect us. The Senate, it's mm-hmm. neck and neck. It, it affects, it really does affect all of yes. us. 
um, whether we like it or not. So, all right, Alethea, what is going on with with these two guys in the Senate race? So maybe some thoughts, but then also some facts of like what is what yeah. is happening. What is happening is a great question. I have been asking that. <laughs> what yeah. what, what is happening? in the heck is going on? Um, real talk. So I, I'm just going to say this just from jump real quick. Like it's embarrassing to live in Georgia right now. That's just how <laughs> I feel. Um, I've been claiming just Atlanta. I tell people I live in Atlanta. I don't claim Georgia like that unless I have to. But yeah, so just some of the, the facts. Uh, I think I'll start there just quickly. So uh, 2020, um, or was it last year? Was it last year? Uh, Warnock went into a runoff um, for the Senate seat, one of the Senate seats here in Georgia. Him and mm-hmm. John, John Ossoff both had uh, runoff elections mm-hmm. and they won their their runoff. And so I think, I don't understand all the the way that terms and all that stuff work in politics and all that. But anyways, his seat is actually up now for a, a reelection. And so he's got to go through the, that whole process. And, uh, and so he's, you know, the incumbent and running to get reelected for his seat and, uh, for the Republican party, the GOP party, um, Herschel Walker was who they tabbed, um, now, Herschel Walker was living in Texas. So Herschel Walker, for those who don't know sports history, um, Hall of Fame running back at the University of Georgia, uh, Athens, Georgia, is mm-hmm. an hour and a half uh, east of Atlanta. And so uh, Herschel Walker is a household name here in the state of Georgia. Um, and from a sports standpoint, understandable, a phenomenal athlete. Um, I'll, Did he I'll play in him. the NFL? Was he an NFL player? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I okay. believe so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and so he he was living in Texas though. And, um, and the Republican party here in Georgia needed someone to run against Raphael Warnock. And so, uh, they tabbed him to be the person to run against Warnock. I don't know all the ins and outs of that, but that's who they chose. And mm-hmm. there was initially when it was even announced that Warren or Herschel Walker would be the, be their, their person. A lot of us were like, but he doesn't even live here. So how is that even possible? So he had to come back to Georgia or at least have residency here to be a fit, to be allowed to even run um, as a candidate for the the seat, the Senate seat to represent uh, the state of Georgia. And so, yeah, um, it's been, it's been kind of neck and neck uh, kind of early voting, kind of the polls of, uh, you know, Warnock is running on, he's a, he's a pastor and uh, he says he's a pro-choice pastor. So people have beef with that. He's been the reverend at a historic Ebenezer Baptist church, uh, which is across mm-hmm. from the historic Ebenezer Baptist where Dr. King preached yeah. um, right there on Auburn Avenue in downtown Atlanta. Um, and, you know, people have had, you know, cause he's a Democrat. And so I'm in a, we're in a red state. Georgia was flipped blue for Biden in 2020, but Georgia is yeah. a red state. And so because um, the Republican party, uh, deeply wants to flip Georgia back to red. Um, they, there was all this speculation too in Georgia of there was, you know, voter fraud and, you know, <laughs> Trump demanding that our secretary of state find 11,000 votes to overturn the results yeah. and the secretary of state said he wouldn't. So anyways, there's a lot, there's a lot of heat on Georgia. And so yeah. um, there's this, there's this intensity behind, we need to flip Georgia's a red state. And I can't believe it flipped blue. So Georgia's a red state. So we got to get back to that. And so Herschel Walker, uh, again, I don't know all the ins and outs and reasons why he was chosen, but he was backed by Trump and um, mm-hmm. the, the candidates are running against Warnock. And so he runs on a platform of 
very typical party lines for the Republican Party of, quote, tough on crime, of, quote, pro-life, where I don't believe that to be true. Um, but again, uh, it doesn't take much to, for someone to say they're pro-life and people to believe it. And so... Um, running on essentially all the talking points of the Republican party. And again, I'm not making this up. You, you can look at yeah, it. Yep. Yeah. So these are some of the facts. And so the other layer of that is he's a black man too. So you have two black men running against each other in the initial seat for Warnock. He was running against uh, Kelly Loeffler who white woman, she was part owner of the Atlanta dream mm -hmm. was had to sell her, her ownership, uh, part of ownership because of, the very reckless racist things that she was saying in 2020. And so it's a whole nother layer now when you have two black men running against each other. So those are a few of the facts. Um, yeah. How this has played out, it, it was wild. So Warnock was in the lead and we had record numbers here in early voting for Georgia. Georgia was one of the several states where our governor, um, even though the governor and our secretary of state said there was no fraud in our voting in 2020. Mm -hmm. If there's mm -hmm. no fraud at all in our, in our election system, why do you pass a voter suppression bill? <laughs> it's, ne it's never made sense to me. You don't need to protect our, our elections if there's never been an issue Not to fraud. protect them. So, but it's a talking point and it's a yeah. point that will get you votes. Um, so yeah. that's what happened. And so here in Georgia, uh, SB 202 is a very strict uh, bill around voting here in Georgia. There were certain things, limitations they put on absentee ballots, for example. Um, people have to put their information on the front of an envelope where you they took away amount of drop boxes. They took away uh, days that you can vote. Uh, polling mm -hmm. stations, most of them were open from nine to five. People work from nine to five. So you had to find one that would be open from seven to seven if you could. Um, there's all these things that were going into place, but yeah. Black and brown voters in particular turned out in record numbers and early voting for those two weeks that we had it. And so Warnock was in the lead and then election day comes and now we're neck and neck. And who's it going to be? Will anyone hit that 50%? And no one did. So that's what in Georgia, the law is if you don't break the 50% threshold, it goes to a runoff. And then it's just these two. And so December 6th is when the runoff election is here. I, um, I shouldn't be surprised, honestly. Uh, and I think about, the state that I live in. Um, but I think my mind just cannot comprehend the fact that almost 2 million people voted for Herschel Walker. This is, I'm getting to my opinion now. Okay. Away from facts. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. If you've listened, if you've been able to stomach listening to Herschel Walker speak in any capacity, it is, it is so hard. One, I'm like, I actually don't understand what the man is saying. It's not yeah. logical. It doesn't make sense at all. You can go pull up any place where he has spoken, you're like, what? Like you didn't even answer the question. And so there's mm. this level of absurdity um, that he has that people, and at the end of the day, for me, it's, and so many people have seen is it does not matter what Herschel Walker says. It doesn't matter that his own son is saying he is not fit to be mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. Senator. His own son said, you know what? I'm tired of hiding. I'm not, I'm not going to cover for him anymore. I'm going to list yeah. off all the things that mm -hmm. my mom and I have experienced because of this man right. and all the things that he, all the stuff that's continued to come out, all the things that he said he would do prior to him running for his camp or his campaign starting, he did not do. His own son is saying, and his own son is black, very conservative Republican. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's worth noting. Yeah. Christian Walker. That's, yeah, it's yeah. very Christian Walker. <clears throat> very important to note. Right. 
Suzanne Sun is saying that, and yet here we have almost 2 million people voting for this man because what it means is they don't care what he talks about or what he does. They know that they can use him. Right. Because the Dems are taking over and, you know, there's all these crazy things, right? And again, I'm not, I'm not saying I co-sign everything that the Democratic Party says and does. Yeah. There's a lot of reckless things that they do too that I do not agree with. I don't <laughs> yeah, co-sign everything that Raphael Warnock is about, right? Yeah. But again, it's it's been it's wild to see how it played out here in Georgia where um I think the gap for I was reading an article earlier today, the gap for uh Kemp and Stacey Abrams, the governor race, I think Kemp mm-hmm. got like 200,000 more votes or something like that, right? Where it was like much closer 4 years ago. So you uh. would think, okay, 200,000 more people voted for Brian Kemp, but it didn't fully translate into voting for Roth, or for Herschel Walker. Because had that been the case, Herschel Walker would have won easily. Yeah. And so people, uh, some people just didn't vote. Uh, some people actually voted for Raphael Warnock that voted for Brian Kemp, which I find very interesting. Oh, wow. They split the ticket. Yeah, it's very interesting. So yeah. anyways, that's how we get to that point where it didn't translate from one Republican to another um, with these seats. And so I find that very interesting, but yeah, it's, it feels like twilight zone ish living in Georgia right now. And the fact that we're going to run off here with, with this, but it, again, I think to our conversation, even a little bit ago about Vody Botham, uh, Herschel Walker to an even more uh, intense and troubling degree. Um, and I don't say this lightly. I want to be clear. Um, he is he is a prop for the Republican Party. He is a black man mm-hmm. who holds very conservative values, uh, so he says. And um, and so they know he's going to just say whatever we say we want him to do, he's going to do it. Um, it's very similar to Candace Owens, right? Like that's a whole nother conversation, mm-hmm. but it's very similar. It's um, there's a lot of clout they get as people who are black that hold a different view. Not saying that black people can't disagree and hold different views, right? I'm not saying that at all. Um, But what's very troubling with Herschel Walker is um, he doesn't even have the cognitive awareness to see like he's just being used, right? Like that's at the end of the day, he's just being used. Like I read an article on Rolling Stone earlier that talked about like the Republican Party doesn't care how wild his uh, public things are how wild the fact that he went on a the one debate he did with Warnock and he pulled out that fake badge where he it's been proven yeah. that he was never any it's type nuts. of police officer and yet he's pulling out a prop during a debate which is illegal like the moderator had to told him to put it away like he said yeah, he started wearing an officer. he started yes. wearing yeah. that in his public um outings so they were the article was just saying like the Republican Party does not care how absurd he sounds they know if they get him in he's going to hit the red button, Republican button on anything mm-hmm. that comes through the Senate. That's what they yep. care about. So it's yep. tribalism at play. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's in anything. Okay. Tribalism is across the board where tribalism is where you are, you are hell bound to your tribe. It does not matter how wild they are, what kind of crazy stuff they do. I'm a Republican. That's what I do. I don't care how wild it is. That's what I, I've always known. That's what I do. I'm a Democrat. That's what I do. That's what I keep right. voting. I don't care what y'all say and do. That's what this is boiling down to in a lot of ways is, the party feels like they've lost something and especially in a state like Georgia. And so what better thing to do than pit two black men against each other Mm -hmm. in a Southern state that is, has immensely racist uh, roots. And still to this day, Confederate flags are everywhere. I I went down to Florida um, 
uh, when was that back in October? And we had to make a kind of emergency stop for, for something. And literally the exit we were getting off a Confederate flag was flying. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about a state that, um, has a, has a cotton museum where they talk about cotton as just this commodity and how farmers just harvested it. And I'm like reading about it on this website, like what this is the state we're talking about farmers harvested it so how 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 wild would it be to pit two black men against each other for the senate seat so anyways i have lots of feelings and thoughts about this uh it does feel it really does feel embarrassing to live in georgia and to Mm -hmm. say like wow almost two million y'all voted for this man who really doesn't stand on any moral ground of what you guys would say that you stand on. Right. Well, I don't right. even and think so, you, yeah. So it's very contradictory off. in so many ways. And so, um, it's, it's wild to see that that's, um, they would rather take the one point of Raphael Warnock saying that he's a pro-choice pastor. Cause those are what people have said, I can't believe they're gonna, they're not, people say they're Christians and are not going to vote for the reverend, the pastor. And I could, I, I say, well, there is a point where they're, they're struggling because they would say, well, he said he's a pro-choice pastor. So right, right. That, I'm sticking the single issue stuff, right? I'm sticking to that. So you're going to take that one thing. Well, okay. So we need, to, we need to yeah, go, go there a little bit because yeah. yeah, you went in on him. I don't even think, I think you didn't even hit the gas all the way because to me, Herschel Walker is even there's overlap, but there's a step further past like a Candace Owens or even like, like a Trump, because I think that there is, there's manipulation and a lot of things at play there. But I, I also think there's like a um, mental capacity that is, that he's being such, used as such a prop. Um, yes. Like, I think there's a lot of evidence out there. I'm not a doctor, but it, I've read just a lot of stuff. It seems very apparent. Like you said, if yes. you listen to him, we, I think it's pretty obvious he has CTE. Yes. From all his football days. Yep. Like yeah. he's not a coherent yes. speaker, not just a coherent politician like on the stage, yep. like he's nervous or something. Like he's not a coherent speaker, like in yeah. any way. Like you he speaks and it's just objective truth. Like you don't know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. He's not like there's manipulation to another degree of some stuff mm-hmm. he's saying, which I'll say in a second, but he's Literally, like he's not competent. He can't mm-hmm. do the job. Yes. So, right. peop- so it's irresponsible for any party to be okay with that, and even can like like it and condone it to be able to use them yeah. use them in that way. But okay, so along the lines of stuff like pro choice, pro life, abortion, we don't even need to go down that in the uncomfortable mm-hmm. in the uncomfortable parts of having that discussion because he's made it so easy to see where he's at. So he's for the, for people we don't know, he's interview after interview, just uh, like pushes the red button. Like you said, Leith and says on pro-life, I'm always going to choose pro-life, 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 pro-life. Abortion is the worst thing. Abortions, murder, all this, like no, no gray, gray area for any kind of mm-hmm. discussion. Fine is what it is. So that, that's, that, that'd be one thing like on its own, if that's where he's standing. But um, since, since then, and it seems like more and more coming out, multiple women have continued to come forward and discuss how he has pressured them and pressured them and encouraged them and literally paid for them to have abortions mm-hmm. of uh, aborting babies that he has um, mm-hmm. impregnated them with. And so, it, and that's, that, that's, go look it up. 
um, is out there. And so one of the women is someone who he has another child with too. So it's yes. not just like wow. some yeah. rando like, and wow. they have like actual evidence, like the receipts. Yes. And so, so like, he has, it's, he has it's no documented. pro-life ethic. Yeah. Right. And so no. it, that's what I'm saying. So it's not, you don't even have to talk about who, like, what do we think about abortion? It's just like, he's a liar. Yes. Like yes. Uh, about one pro-life. of the, about the main thing yeah. that Republicans will, will get behind. And so it's mm-hmm. just the level of, Lacking coherency and um, hypocrisy there mm-hmm. is just yeah. jarring, and I think to me that is just that to me that's the X factor, lethal. What you're saying, even the mm. I, I'm assuming why you're saying it's so <laughs> embarrassing, using your words of just like there's, there's another level. It's like no, no, no. It's not that he's yeah. and he hasn't. He doesn't. I think what he went to one, but he doesn't show up for debates. Yep. He Rafael Warnock he shows up one. and he literally doesn't. He yep. doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. Um, it continues, it does the, you know, lies about, you know, pulling out the badge, just he's, you know, we can say what we want about all politicians, but is unequivocally actually purely lying. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just not, I mean, the one side side of things I'll say you should have sympathy for is like, it clearly looks like he's not well. Yes. Yeah. And to use mm-hmm. all of this to try and, um, win an election against yes. somebody that is well, um, mm-hmm. is just, it just says so many things about where an entire party or people group, whatever yes. is that. And it's not good for anybody. Mm-hmm. It's going to hurt us all. The yeah. Senate is already very close and it, it does matter mm-hmm. who, who gets that based on, I think the rest of America and, and rights mm-hmm. of how different hoops they'll have to jump through if Herschel Walker does get elected, which is a possibility. Yep. Um, yeah. to, to avoid having things, you know, more and more rights taken away from the marginalized. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, I, I wanted to discuss that a little bit. I appreciate you yeah. giving us those facts, Leith. Um, because I think we can all, we all have the freedom to think what we want about any of this stuff. Absolutely. But, um, the Christian element of pro-life equaling the Christian perspective in this certain, um, in this specific race, it's important to check yourself, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, think and again, about I think it continues on. to highlight the gaps of, to your point about pro-life, how you are actually defining mm-hmm. pro-life. Because a lot of people yeah. really aren't pro-life, they're anti-abortion or mm-hmm. abortion and they're two different things. And I think that's, that's where, again, again, that's where it even gets faultier because right. really Herschel Walker is saying I'm against abortion in every way, shape or form. I don't care what the situation is, which is very problematic. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, but then you've actually you've participated in the very thing that you're saying that you're against. Yeah, You've made them happen. Yeah. And, yeah. and if you're really pro-life, well, your son who is saying we've had to move six times in six months because we feared for our life. Yeah. That, doesn't that's track. Not very pro-life to me that yeah. Yeah. the things you'll hold up against, Raphael Warnock about being divorced and some of the stuff that his wife has shared, um, which is a problem, right? That Mm -hmm. Herschel Walker has held a gun to women's heads and threatened their Mm -hmm. lives. So again, it's, it's this, it's, it's so, um, it's so interesting to me to watch, uh, to, to pick apart those things, but then you get to the point where like, but he doesn't even fit the things that you're picking apart. Right. Like, that's beyond disagreement. It contra- it's so contradictory. Mm-hmm. So you can really see at the end of the day that you you will use a man who is not well, clearly not well, for your own agenda. You don't care about him. 
That's at the end of the day. Yeah. They don't care about Herschel Walker. They act like they do for their, to yeah. serve their own purpose and agenda so that they can try to control the Senate and get the quote, get the Dems out or all whatever crazy language that that's being used right now. And so again, it's, it's really sad. On one hand, it's very sad to see if I think from a human standpoint of this man can't put sentences together, he's yeah. asked a question and he like, cannot clearly answer them. I, it's so hard for me to, to listen to him. Like, I want to be like, what's he even saying? Cause I don't, it's just so hard cause I can't track. And it's yeah. like, he's, he's not okay. Nope. No. And yet he, now he he's demonized in so many ways because of how reckless and wild he's been, but he's just being used as this prop for the party to try to gain control of something that they want to control. They don't care about him. They just know Herschel's going to do whatever we want him to do. Yeah. We'll just back him. So Trump will endorse him. We'll give him a bunch of money. We'll back him. We'll, we'll quote support him. I mean, Lindsey Graham was tearful saying how they, people need to back Herschel Walker. It was actually like, I, I commented on the post. Oh, I gosh. said, please let make this into a parody because it's comical. He's like in tears hmm. saying how the Democrats have uh, dissuaded young or people of color from voting for Herschel Walker when he stands on all these things. And I was like, no. Black oh folks goodness. just don't like him. Ugh. That's what it is. And Lindsay, you barking up the wrong tree, homie. Don't <laughs> step into waters that you actually don't know. You don't know nothing about the, the Georgia voters of color here. Don't, don't nice even do that. It's nice of him to speak up for the black community. Yeah, like, <laughs> it was wild, y'all. It was wild. I, I was like, this this is, please, someone make it. I need this SNL skit right now because this is wild. <laughs> but again, it's like, <laughs> let me tie this emotion to this deep, like, Goodness. I'm just so distraught that the Democratic Party is doing this. And it's, it's see how it's affecting Herschel Walker. I'm like, did you listen to what his son said mm-hmm. a month ago? Mm-hmm. Were you moved to tears by that? Mm-hmm. His I don't son, think he'd be saying he what said. you're saying if you actually listened to that. And yeah. you saw the pain on Christian Walker when he shared about what it's been like to have Herschel Walker as his dad. Who, like you he didn't said, say anything is about a, that. a prominent, prominent black conservative voice. Yes. Um, so don't, don't do that. Don't, don't try to sit here and say you care about the voters of color yeah. in Georgia and how we're being manipulated or whatever you said. When I'm sure you've said nothing publicly about what his son said about him because mm-hmm. you guys don't care. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because wow. it doesn't serve it doesn't serve you. And so again, I think here in Georgia, what we're seeing play out is some of the very like just deep, evil, messy um, hypocrisy play out in politics, and the way that people are used as some type of token or prop to serve yourself or your own agenda. Yeah. And we're seeing it play out nationally. Um, Sadly, so all eyes on Georgia still until December six. Yes. Um, so pray for us. <laughs> yeah, listeners, please educate yourself on what's going on in please. Georgia. It's not just Georgia. It it's affects, not just Georgia. It, y'all. it really is not. Um, a lot's at stake. Yeah. Not talking about joining a party. You're not a big political nope. statement. It's just a fact. A lot's at stake. Um, yeah. Educate yourself. Take some time. Read some stuff. Use the old Google. A lot of information out there. <laughs> Um, so check your sources just check you your sources check that's true yeah check that's, that's very true check your sources oh, check man. us yeah. stuff we've said like look it up you yeah. get in the trouble. look it up please yeah. um all right leave yep. we're almost two hours in we gotta let you go <laughs> before you go um switch gears like really quick who's gonna end up with more wins at the end of the season your hawks or your calves oh 
Okay, well, I can't say I can't say my calves because I I'm man. One of my friends who is a diehard Cavs fan okay. would would be so devastated that you said that that you just tried to put me because he's oh. like he told me before game one of their season he said Leith you're either in or you're out and I need you to make a decision before oh. tip off tonight and I was like this is so much pressure can I just enjoy basketball and he's yeah. like no you need to be in or out so oh he would crumble right now if he heard you say that uh so I can't take that on uh I the Cavs it's really cool to see just what the what's happening up there they got a great squad mm. who's gonna have more wins both in the Eastern Conference too. So, man, if everyone stays healthy, <sighs> oh, this is so hard. They're both so good. Um, they're both so good. So, um, if everyone stays healthy, right? That's a caveat. Um, I think the Cavs will have more wins. Yeah, I think you're right. They. I think you're right. They got a squad, and the addition of Donovan Mitchell within that has been monumental. Um, so I, Trey Young, I'm sorry because I'm a Trey Young fan, um, but I, I'm I'm cool on the land sports. Like I'm, I want him to do well, but I'm not a I'm not a, like plant my flag here either. So okay. uh, you know, I'm a realist. That's what I tell people. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a realist like too. The Lakers, like the Lakers are trash right now. Right. Notice know? I didn't so, even bring up the Lakers. So I'm a realist yeah, as well. They're trash right now. That's mm, just what it is. Yeah. Um, they're not trash. They're not trash. They're playing like trash. I'll just oh, say they're, that. They're more than they're more than what they do. They're more than what they do. I'm comfortable saying that. But trash. I'll say, I'll put me on the record. I will say the Cavs. Okay. Um, I think it's a good bet this year. That's locked in. That's locked in. <laughs> All right, last thing. Um, how can people follow you and stuff you're doing yep so um you can hit me up on instagram i'm no longer on twitter i was not active on twitter before the eon must take over mm. but as soon as that came to actually be i deactivated my account because i just couldn't do it so i'm only on ig so leith 14 l-e-a-t-h 14 find me on the gram uh i am a co-host of a podcast myself called the roll down podcast you can find Ooh. on apple and spotify with my awesome co-host Matthew Melendrez and we are currently doing some recording some batch recording uh, for season two yep so our our goal is to launch season two at the beginning of January um and yeah it's been we've recorded a few episodes so far and and it's been good so we're we're excited Matthew and I have been through some really really painful things Mm. personally and professionally over the last year and a half and and our season was delayed by a year and a half. We had no, wow. we were ready to do season two last September and now we're doing it January of 23. So, um, yeah, check us out on, like I said, Apple and Spotify, the roll down podcast. Uh, you can check out season one right now and season yes. two is dropping again. The The goal is beginning of January. So that's where y'all can find me. I, and I love conversing with people. So please, you know, hit me up. You can DM me on IG. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I can engage in, in conversations with people that I may not agree with. And I think there's beauty in that. So, or if you just want to ask me some questions, please, I, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm open to that, but yeah, that's where you can find me. And with, yeah, really appreciate. Yeah. If you want to listen, check out the roll down. We are grateful for everyone who listens, subscribes, downloads, um, and Absolutely. any, anything you have thoughts on that too, please hit us up. Yeah, And we have, you can hit us up to the roll down podcast on, um, Instagram. We have a, a page there too. So oh, yeah. Nice. We'll put all that in the show notes, of course. Tied the heck out of y'all. Um, love the roll down. Glad y'all are coming back. That yeah, is, we are too. Man, we it's are so too. good. <laughs> Listeners, for sure, Appreciate check that. that out. 
catch up season one. Sounds like season two is coming coming in twenty twenty three. I can't yep. wait. Can't wait for that. Leith, as always, thank you so much. Don't blow up too much and not be able to make time for us. <laughs> yeah, oh, thank you. I'll always make time. I got you into the, the ground level, pod. so I'm, I'm, I'm. We're gonna try to hold getting, on to you as long as we can. You're in. You're yeah, in. I will right. always, I always make time for y'all. All I right. love being on the pod with y'all. We're so glad to have you. I appreciate you. We'll let you go. Um, listeners, thank you as always for making it all the way to the end of this one. Um, man. Man, I love this one. This was so good. Uh, the music you're listening to is done by our guy, Dylan Dent. Our artwork was created by Ashley Bush. And we'll catch you all next time. See you. The nightmare might scare you no worse than reality. They hunt you by day, y'all rob here, Mahad Arbery. Everybody got a time, but that's less than comforting. I hope I'm alive by the time they choose to come for me. Mosquitoes in the vein, or leeches on my soul. This money on my mind is a fracture in my bones. You get crippled by continuing existence like a ghost. And they wonder why we drink, and they wonder why we smoke, and they wonder why we think that everything's a joke. I'm shocked that we can sleep, must be the thought of letting go. Now I lay me down to see if I'm better with the valley.